0: Germany, it turns out, has two different sets of rules for the review of foreign direct investments. In the next in a series of Jones Day Talks programs on foreign direct investment, the firms Jürgen Beninka and Chase Kanicki talk about what potential investors need to know. I'm Dave Dalton. You're listening to Jones Day Talks. Jürgen Beninka is a Frankfurt-based partner in Jones Day's antitrust and competition law practice. He also guides clients through the screening process of foreign direct investments into Germany under the nation's Foreign Trade and Payments Ordinance. Jones Day's Chase Kanicki advises and represents clients in foreign direct investment matters, including filing CFIUs notices and negotiating mitigation agreements. Jurgen Chase, thanks for being here. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Jurgen, tell us about the current state of foreign direct investment control in Germany today.
1: Happy to do so. The German review of foreign direct investments uh, into Germany is governed by an ordinance called the Außenwirtschaftsverordnung, or AWV in short and this ordinance provides for two different sets of rules Mm -hmm. applying to the acquisition of German companies and one set of rules applies to companies active in military products and crypto technology. And that applies to transactions or acquisitions by any non-German acquirer. The other set of rules that applies by the acquisition of all other companies by any non-EU acquirer is called the so-called cross factoral review.
0: Okay. What would trigger a review in either one of these cases?
1: Well, two things. First of all, the question is, do we have an acquisition within the meaning of the relevant ordinance? Uh-huh. And that means an acquisition of a business or the acquisition of all of the shares of a, of a target company. Mm-hmm. And that uh, includes also the acquisition of minority shareholdings. The thresholds depend on the sectors in which the target companies are active, but they can be as low as 10%. 10%. And the other question is, sorry, and the other question is do we have an acquisition by a non-German acquirer or an acquisition of a non-European acquirer? Okay. In the cross-sectoral uh, review, we would need to have an acquisition by a non-EU Acquirer, that means any acquisition by a French company of a German target company active in infrastructure products or something else, you know, that would not be caught by the ordinance. Mm -hmm. However, the acquisition of, uh, say, a German defense products company by a French company, that would be covered because it would be a sector-specific review. And the Acquirer is a non-German company.
0: Okay. Chase, we talked recently, in fact, with some of our friends in Australia about the different thresholds. 10%, is that kind of a a standard internationally or is that a little low, high? How does that jive with some of the other thresholds you're hearing in terms of a percentage of of acquisition?
2: Yeah, I I think it varies quite widely uh, around the globe. And in particular, as we spoke with our Australian colleagues, now, their thresholds are uh, 20 and 40 percent to trigger certain foreign investment regimes um, under the FERB. Um, you know, and, and looking here in the United States, 10 percent for uh, historically has been a somewhat of a magic number from a SIFIUS perspective in the sense of there is a so-called safe harbor uh, under the SIFIUS regulations for foreign investments in U.S. businesses that are below 10 percent. And undertaken on a completely passive basis. That can be a difficult standard to satisfy because the term control under the CFIUS regulations is interpreted quite broadly. Yes. So you could, even in connection with an investment that's below 10%, you could have some control rights that go along with that that could nonetheless trigger CFIUS jurisdiction.
0: Very good. Okay. You're going to talk about mandatory filing requirements in Germany for foreign direct investment?
1: Sure. There is a mandatory filing requirement in case the target company is active in military goods and crypto technology products. And uh, further, uh, in in summer 2017, the German ordinance was amended to introduce a filing requirement with respect to the acquisition of target companies active in so-called critical infrastructure. And so today, After the threshold for the review of the acquisition of minority shareholdings in such critical infrastructure companies was also lowered to 10%, there is a mandatory filing requirement if a non-EU acquirer acquires such a critical infrastructure company and even minority shareholdings in such companies.
0: Do you know what might have triggered the new legislation over the last few years? Were there specific incidents or was there a trend? the German regulators were concerned with? We
1: need to distinguish two different trends here, first of all, and incidences to be precise. First of all, after Germany allowed the acquisition of German robotics company KUKA by the Chinese conglomerate Medea in 2016. Many politicians in Germany got concerned that German technology could be acquired by foreign companies. Mm -hmm. And this uneasy feeling that uh, in particular Chinese companies are capable of acquiring German key industrial companies at a pretty low price compared to, let's say, the international market. Sure. On top, there was a specific incident That triggered the lowering the threshold from previously 25% to 10% because Germany last year in the summer of 2018 had substantial difficulties in blocking the acquisition of a German electrical grid company by a Chinese investor. Because at that time, the Chinese investor only acquired a minority stake of 20%. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, at the time, uh, the German ordinance covered only minority shareholdings of 25%. So the German government had to get creative. And at the expense of the German taxpayer, it ordered a German state-owned bank to acquire that uh, minority shareholding in that electrical grid company to ensure that the Chinese investor uh, was not able to get hold of it.
0: I see. So Germany was able to block that transaction?
1: Factually, but as I said, for a high price for the German taxpayer.
0: Okay, very good. You mentioned China. China seems to be on everybody's mind these days in terms of their investments. How are Chinese investments being reviewed under German foreign direct investment control?
1: There are no specific rules for the review of Chinese investments and despite the incident I referred to earlier, uh, I would not take the position that Chinese investors have particular difficulties in acquiring German target companies. I think we need to assume that the German government Will review any transaction, be it by a US uh, acquirer or by a Chinese acquirer or by a Arabian acquirer, very carefully for its implications on German uh, national public security and order. And there is not the typical Chinese investor. You know, uh, sure. there are various different kinds of Chinese investments in Germany. Some investments have been welcomed by uh, the German industry and German politicians alike. Some Chinese investments have been uh, viewed rather critically. But for another case in in the summer of 2018, we had seen only one blocking decision so far by the German government in that respect. So I think the German track record is... Say much more Chinese friendly than the U.S. one.
0: The, or or than popular perception might believe everybody to uh, consider. So every potential acquisition or investment is judged on its own merits. There's no built-in bias towards any particular country or jurisdiction or region then, correct?
1: I couldn't agree more. Uh, let me give you an example. Last year, a U.S. publicly listed company acquired a German target company, and uh, it was a small start company. And um, for reasons that are still not entirely clear to me, uh, the German government opened a formal investigation. On the other hand, uh, also in 2018, we asked for specific government clearance of an acquisition of a German supplier to the automotive industry mm-hmm. by a Chinese conglomerate. and that transaction was cleared without even a single question being asked. So mm. there is no clear picture. Right. And the only message I can give you is the German government will indeed look and will review every transaction on its merits, and uh, there is no bias.
0: Sure, and, and that's responsible, of course. The European Union is considering new regulations on foreign direct investment control. Uh, how does this affect... What the current regulations are in Germany. Obviously, Jurgen, I'd like to hear your point of view, and maybe Chase can chime in on this also. Jurgen, what do you expect after the EU makes its changes?
1: Well, we have to distinguish two different aspects of the new European regulation, which is based on the current timetable to be published in the European Official Journal on March 21 and will therefore enter into force to be precise on April 10. The first issue is, will Germany have to redo and amend its Außenwirtschaftsverordnung, the AWV, uh, the relevant ordinance in light of the European regulation? And I've talked to the ministry, the responsible ministry, and what we are hearing is that they are currently reviewing the effects in particular on the timeline. Uh, however, I would expect that the actual changes to the German law will remain rather a limit. Mm-hmm. The key issue is that the European regulation provides only for a consultation mechanism between those member states that have a foreign direct investment control regime like Germany and those who have not, as well as the Commission. The new regulation is not establishing a European-wide FDI control regulation or mechanism. The opposite is to it. We are not talking about a second merger control regulation. Okay. It's really a very unique mechanism reflecting the lack of a common view among the European member states on how to deal with foreign direct investments. There are still certain member states that takes the position that they do not have an issue with that at all. Mm -hmm. And then there are member states such as Germany, France, Italy, which take a more cautious approach, which have an own FDI control review mechanism. And the new European regulation tries to find a compromise, ensuring that there is a kind of debate among member states on foreign direct investments in their respective jurisdictions.
0: Okay, so this is to facilitate some sort of ultimate agreement or at least discussion or I guess what's the purpose of the EU regulation?
1: I believe that the ultimate goal of the new European regulation is to initiate a debate among the member states about foreign direct investment controls in their various jurisdictions On top, uh, the new regulation is designed to allow the Commission to raise its voice if the Commission feels that certain foreign direct investments within the European Union could have a negative impact on programs that were sponsored by the European Union, projects that received significant European Union
0: funding and the like. What do you see happening next on the foreign direct investment horizon for Germany?
1: I think we will have to wait for the practical effects of the new European regulation. Let me give you an example. Let's assume that a Chinese investor is going to or plans to acquire a German supplier to Airbus. Mm -hmm. And let's further assume that the German government would have no difficulties with that particular acquisition, and there is precedent for that as recent as of 2018. Mm -hmm. And let's finally assume that the French government, which of course is very concerned about Airbus all the time, asks the German government, please block that particular transaction. Mm -hmm. And I think this such a case would be the litmus test on how the new European regulation is going to work in practice. And to be honest, I think there is nobody at this point in time who has an idea on how Germany is likely to react to such requests from France. And I think the outcome will probably depend on the current political climate between France and Germany. Mm -hmm. Right now, there is an increasing amount of cooperation between France and Germany. The example that I made, uh, I think, is going to be the litmus test for the application of the regulation. On the other hand, I'm still hopeful that the new investment agreement that China and the European Union are currently debating may make acquisitions of European target companies by Chinese investors much more, let's say, easier to assess or to clear than in the past. Mm -hmm. Of course, that would require reciprocity, i.e. would require that European companies have equal chances to acquire Chinese companies in China. But we will see whether both the European Union and China will be able to reach agreement of this treaty.
0: Are you optimistic?
1: I think both blocks have a lot to win, but sure. it's difficult to say whether and how these negotiations will be impact about, say, the global political uh, situation between the EU and China on the one hand, and of course China and the EU compared to uh, vis-a-vis the U.S. on the
0: other. We live in a very dynamic, fluid time, but the opportunities on either side of any of these transactions are just wonderful and and shouldn't be ignored. So I hope calm heads prevail and and the right things get done. Chase Konecki, anything to add to this in terms of that dynamic, what the U.S. is looking at, uh, China? What's your take on this? And then we'll wrap this up.
2: I think it's just so interesting to hear Jürgen's perspective on what's going on in Germany and what's going to go on in the EU as this new effort is rolled out. And it seems to me that, similar to the U.S., and I think we'll hear from other countries in this podcast series, it seems to me like most of the developments surround and relate to allowing governments of a particular country to at least have an opportunity to review a foreign investment to evaluate the impact that that's going to have on the areas in which that country is concerned, for example, national security. And so you see uh, Jurgen mentioned, uh, for example, the 10% threshold that was put into place late last year. That's an effort in my mind, I hear that as, you know, the German government is, is looking just to have an opportunity to review minority investments in sensitive businesses. And I think you saw that exact same thing play out. In the US, I Mm -hmm. think uh, one of the main reasons behind FIRMA, the legislation that is going to significantly change the CIFIUS landscape, was that there was an acknowledgement within the US government that there were transactions that were occurring in the US that involved foreign investors that were, at the time, outside the jurisdiction of CFIUS. And so the US government didn't have an opportunity to review that transaction and the impact that it could have. And so that's one of the purposes of FIRMA, is to give CFIUS broader authority to review different types of transactions so that the US government at least has an opportunity to review it and make sure that it doesn't raise any national security concerns.
0: And that's all legitimate. Hey, this has been terrific. We're about out of time, but learned a lot today. Again, another great program in this series on foreign direct investment. Jürgen and Chase, thanks so much for being here today.
1: Thanks for the opportunity. All
0: right. We'll talk again soon. You can find information on Jones Day's antitrust and competition law and government regulation practices, including bios and contact information for Jürgen and Chase at jonesday.com. Subscribe to Jones Day Talks on Apple Podcasts, Android, Google Play, and Stitcher. Be sure to check out some of our previous programs while you're there including those in this series on foreign direct investment. Thanks for listening to Jones Day Talks. I'm Dave Dalton. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Jones Day Talks. Comments heard on Jones Day Talks should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. The opinions expressed on Jones Day Talks are those of lawyers appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information, please visit jonesday.com.